point is, let's connect and chat about what is on your radar right now. Hi, I'm Kate Lynch. I'm a nutrition and fitness coach and author, and I'm here in rural Ontario with Lorene Partington. Hi, I'm a yoga instructor and a health and wellness enthusiast. Join us as we ruminate, percolate, and delve into everything from coffee to foot fungus. Just kidding. But seriously, we promise no mindless banter and no curse of knowledge potholes. Just straight talk and great stories from fellow travelers and heroes amongst us with actionable steps to consider for each season of your life. Brace for impact. The point is, be ready for anything. Today we are blessed to be chatting with someone who literally changed the trajectory of my life, hmm. literally changed the trajectory of my life in 2007. And this beauty's name is Cher Bartlett. And Cher is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. And Cher is a medical intuitive and spiritualist. Hey, Cher. Hey, you guys. Thanks hey. for having me on. <laughs> So great to have you on. And I'm just wondering if you could give us your spiel. What do you do and how did you get started? Uh, absolutely. Well, I've, you know, it's such an evolving body of work. So it does, I've been in practice for 22 years now. And I, every session, every person is so different. So I think it's easier to say what I do depends on who's here or who's on the phone with me and what they need. So um, I call myself a medical intuitive and a spiritualist really because I'm not sure what else to call myself. I'm, I think my gift is that I'm a translator. Like I have an ability to go in and translate frequencies to language and I think I knew my whole life I had a gift, but it wasn't until maybe right before my 40th birthday, which was like almost tw over 20 years ago, that I, I found a venue for the gift and, um, and thus began my practice. I love the idea of thinking of yourself as a translator, because if I roll the tape back, Cher, that is what you did and continue to do for me uh, in 2007 when I was feeling very, very, very low and not well. I have, uh, I got Lyme disease, as you know, in 2000, I was diagnosed wow. with Lyme, babesiosis and ehrlichiosis. And I took all the antibiotics and I saw a specialist and I cruised along for about seven years, had a kid, moved to Canada, got married. And then in 2007, I think I was 30, I'd have to do the math, which is my kryptonite, so I will spare you people. But I was just 36 or 37, and I just felt horrible. And all my doctor would do, and God bless the medical world, this is not, uh, I'm not anti-medicine, but all they could do is give me pills, sleeping pills, digestive, you know, meds to feel better with my guts. And I kind of had enough, I was super low energy, and I connected with you. My mother, Isla, found you uh, through one of her friends, Cher. And we connected on the phone. And I gave you my a brief synopsis of my story. And that's, you know, you started to translate what was happening for me. It was 
life changing for me. Wow. Well, and I remember that and it's hard to believe it was all those years ago because time is just flying. But, you know, I think because the nature of my work has evolved, I'm, I've really, I've come to some really brilliant, what I would say are brilliant understandings of the body and the mind and the psyche and how we truly are holographic, right? And, Mm -hmm. and how, and also beautifully simple. I think it's amazing how complicated and misunderstood the human condition has become in, in the medical field and even in the mental illness and mental health field. So for instance, like for disease, and this is why I think the translator, you know, title is really the best for me is like when something goes wrong with somebody, right? There's a, like worlds collide. When you're manifesting a symptom or an experience, it's, there's usually a physical component, a metabolic component, uh, an emotional component and a spiritual component. And I think one of the reasons I've been successful is I try to translate all of the different feeders that are creating the symptoms. And in that, Mm -hmm. I'm able to identify systems that need healing, including belief systems, so that, um, that the person can have a, a greater understanding of what's going on and And the biggest gift I think I give anybody is the empowerment to heal themselves based on the information I give them and the recommendations I make. And it's a, like I said, every person is so different and it's, you know, this, this healing room has been a, a laboratory in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for anybody and everyone who has like put their faith and in my ability to just say, I don't know, but I'm certainly going to find out. You know, that's so cool. Sharon, I'm just going to say one of the things that happened for me with you and then, sorry, Lorraine, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want to hear from you. um, Was that share. That's one of the things that you did is you looked at my whole picture and you, you armed me with some nutritional information that was insanely helpful, but you also talked to me about my mindset. I was the workhorse <laughs> and yeah. you talked to me about my daughter and my relationships. And I love how you are able to get right to the root and deal with the whole person. It's just, it's, oh, it's, it's incredible. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And like I said, I, I look back at these last 22 years and I have just bought, I call them the historical documents because <laughs> I just, there's so many things that have revealed themselves to me. And I feel like just so blessed and honored and almost reckless in my neglect of what I've done with some of the information, like let it just sit. So right. I think I'm at a phase in my life now where I'm ready to really, you know, share with the world what, you know, what I've learned because it, it's so liberating, you know, when I work with somebody who's been suffering for like years and then the, the miraculous understanding of who they are is revealed in their, in their 
in their true healing process, the beginning usually of the healing process, because I do believe that this whole idea of suppressing a symptom, which is really the medical model is, is killing people. Mm. And like, I'm not anti-medicine at all, you know, but I do believe we all need to work together. And I think the pharmaceutical industry has taken over healthcare and there are some incredible pharmaceuticals that are needed and used and save lives, but it can't be the go-to answer. And I just, I'm shocked at how many people show up with these true chronic conditions. And I think that's a, another reason also why we're seeing this explosion in, in, in alternative healthcare, because people are sick of not feeling better at any level, physical, emotional, etc. So because I think this disease process, like you said, whether it's mental or physical or metabolic, is is so much more simple than we 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 know it to be. And that is like if your body is if something's going wrong, if you're not feeling good, if you're manifesting some symptom, it's usually because there's something in your body that doesn't belong there or something in your body that we need that you have either too much or not enough of mm. or a belief system something you believe to be true that isn't true and nine times out of ten I can tell you a lot of it is what we put in our mouths mm -hmm. you know so so like I said I've had people come for you know I have cancer I am sad I I can't get my act together um I think there's a ghost in my house. I mean, <laughs> you name it. Like I've, I've dealt with it in these 22 years. And it amazes me how new discoveries just keep being revealed as I, as I, as I take each and every new client or patient and, and let them tell their story. I let them tell me what's going on. And then, like I said, in that translation, I help them understand what, what all of these symptoms and thoughts and experiences are trying to tell them that they're not able to hear. That is so cool. Um, I actually grew up in the medical world. My grandfather was a doctor. My dad was a doctor. And it wasn't until, you know, I started my own kind of health and wellness journey um, that I realized how connected uh, we are, you know, that the health is not just uh, physical, that it is, like you said, emotional and spiritual and, and, um, and everything. And I feel like I'm sitting here right now with like a little kid who is just so curious as to like everything that you do really share. Um, <laughs> I think, um, do you have, I know you said that everybody is so different, but do you have like an approach that you use? Like, is, do you just let people talk and you listen or do you have uh, certain uh, modalities that you use or? Absolutely. And what's interesting is that there's, um, when someone comes to see me, right? Like, like I said, first of all, I only do a referral business. So if somebody finds me, it's because someone told them about me. So what I do is I have to, there are templates. For instance, um, if you come to me with, let's say I have migraines. Well, what I do is 
I have, because I've been doing this for 22 years, I have an understanding of certain triggers and issues and mysteries that create the migraine experience, right? So, yeah. but even though there's templates, there's, there's individual experience. So that's why, and I think this is what's scary in modern medicine is we have to have a return to individual medicine, mm -hmm. right? Like the true individual, like, and so when I work with somebody and they, let's just say they're having a trouble, like, let's just say with insomnia, and there's a lot of tools out there for insomnia, a melatonin, magnesium, uh, even pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I do is when I translate something that's either deficient in the body or in excess or whatever, what I have to do is go, well, what does this body need? Right. Okay. Well, I see that you need magnesium and then I'll say, but can the body use it? And it's like, sometimes it's no, especially things like iron. There's certain things the body has a hard time using. So what I have to do is ask, does the body need it? Can it use it? And then in what form? And, mm -hmm. and so because I tell you, man, I'll have people show up with shopping bags filled <laughs> with, with supplements, right? Wow. And it's, I, and, and everybody means well, you know, and it's kind of one of the biggest challenges in my work is the dueling practitioner, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but I think one of the ways I've been able to streamline, and like I said, I, I say this very humbly, I've been very successful, is I always ask the body if it can use it. And there's a million supplements out there, millions. It's a billion dollar industry, but there's a lot of bad supplements out there. A lot of supplements you can't use. And it's so important to, you know, to make sure that what you're taking is actually supporting your, your goal. Mm. Wow. So, so Cher, when you, when you and I connected and, and without getting into the guts of it, the big thing for me was you got me pointed with some supplements that literally changed my life. I couldn't sleep. I had digestive issues. I was a train wreck. But one of them was magnesium. And that was just, it's my go-to now. I would be so lost without magnesium. And so yeah. if you're listening to this, if you, if you can't speak to your doctor about it, find, yeah. a, find a naturopath, call, share, make an appointment, mm -hmm. but look into magnesium. But the, the really cool thing was that I feel like with you, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cher, but you really do provide some hope. You said to me mm -hmm. once that you have a theory, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that unless you were born with something, that there is, there is some hope that you can overcome what is ailing you, whether it is disease, so you're just plain uncomfortable, you hate your life, you, you're sad, you're whatever, uh, or disease, right? So yeah. um, I love how hopeful I feel to the point where periodically, and I haven't done this for a bit, and I need to, I would just check into you check in with you when I was feeling good. Because I'd be yeah. like, how am I doing, Cher? I feel pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why I love the emotional, spiritual aspect of my work way more than the medical. Mm. And it's interesting, because when I first started my practice, I only did emotional, spiritual work, you mm. know, mm. and then um, and then it was crazy because I was getting a lot of people. And I, obviously, it's still very common today who are either diagnosed with depression or feel depressed. And and then 
some like even suicidally depressed and I would be and then I would hear their story and I'd be like well there's really nothing in your story that warrants like this level of you know wanting to leave your body and the planet right so finally I remember I was working with one person and I like I said I have to go through the historical documents to (laughs) to remember even which one it was but I finally just got this 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 information or this, you know, this guidance to go, what percentage of this depression is truly some unresolved emotional or spiritual trauma? And I remember this person, it was like 20%. I'm like 20%. Well, what's the other 80%? And it was absolute biochemical. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, And it was like, talk about a light bulb that changed the trajectory of my practice. That's incredible. Then I ended up doing, like realizing that it's basically very much in accordance with Maslow's hierarchy of the needs, right? If you're spending your day regulating your biochemistry, right? And just trying to feel good in your body, you're never going to be able to address the higher purposes and the reason and the passion we have for living, right? Our emotional, our spiritual, I'm alive in the world and connected in a way that transcends just the density of the physical world. So sure enough, like then I'm like, well, let's, let's talk about your diet. Like, and then I realized in the same way I could translate a a false belief, like life is hard, I could translate what's going on in your biochemical body. Oh, you eat, you drink chemical sweeteners, which are such neurotoxins. You are deficient in magnesium, which is the number one deficiency in depression, by the way. And, um, and your iron levels are low. You're just exhausted. And like, I'm one of those people too. And like, it's very hard for me to differentiate physical and emotional depression when i'm tired i feel down right so Mm -hmm. when i'm hopeless i feel down when i've lost faith when i'm sad i feel down um when i've eaten like shit or drank too much i feel down so Mm -hmm. it's very hard for most people to differentiate physical and emotional depression so that's like i said that was the the changing point in my in my practice Cher, can you, can you roll the tape back? What, can you slow it down? Cause I, I know it's like the curse of knowledge. Can you talk about the hierarchy you just mentioned and spell it out for anyone who's listening, who's interested? You just referred to it a minute ago. Um, well, there's a, there was a psychologist back in the day, Maslow, and he has like this pyramid called the hierarchy of the needs. And actually I saw a funny meme the other day where <clears throat> it, the base um, need wasn't physical. It was Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, and I wish I could say I remembered specifically what the whole levels were, but you have to like, you'll, you have to have a strong and healthy and secure physical embodiment to move in your life up to your higher needs, your emotional mm. needs, your spiritual needs, your intellectual needs. Got now, it. I'm, prob- <clears throat> I'm probably, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I'm probably bastardizing that, you know, that his whole thing, and he's probably rolling in his grave, but I think he knows exactly what I, what I, what I mean. So that's why now in my practice, what I realize is when somebody comes, especially only for emotional work, 
I usually have to make sure that their, their biochemistry, their physical body is up to the task to handling what, what they're wanting to achieve on that emotional and spiritual evolution. Mm. Wow. So what you're saying kind of is like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, it's almost like you have to have a strong base, like foundation, your physical kind of foundation, um, in order to be able to deal with um, the higher things, your emotional and your spiritual needs. But you can't if your, you know, body is continually talking to you. Exactly. And especially with moods. And again, um, I, one of the things, because I, I've, it's like I've been studying medicine for 25 years, basically. But one of the things that I've learned along the way in my research, and I'm a researcher, is that the pancreas excretes more mood-regulating hormones than any other gland in the body. Huh. So when, when your pancreas is compromised, whether with a toxic body or heavy metals, or your blood sugar is not regulated well because your thyroid is off, what happens is you end up spending the day regulating your moods through your food, right? Mm. So um, when... And this is the beauty too: unstable blood sugar, unstable moods mm-hmm. and stable blood sugar is not a flat affect, but an appropriate launching pad to have appropriate response through the day. Right. So, um, so there is an important element physiologically, not just neurotransmitters in the brain. In fact, I believe the pancreas excretes more serotonin than any other gland in the body. And it is why we truly use food, you know, and beverages to regulate our mood states. Oh, I'm a little down, have some sugar, have some caffeine. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm a little amped up. I'm too amped up. Have a little cocktail, have a carb <laughs> load. So, but the problem is when you're spending your day regulating your moods and your blood sugar with food, you're not, uh, again, available for those higher purposes of your life. I wow. love how you just described that. And I yeah. feel like that is so true. You know, the whole uh, uh, know better, do better. I would say, and I have said, and I think you would concur, share, but like when, when you put better in your mouth, you do better, right? Or, or when, yeah. you, when you stop putting certain things in your mouth. Sometimes, like you said, oh, yeah. it's an addition. Sometimes yeah. it's a subtraction. Yeah. And normally I would say, Kate, that that's really the general rule. It's more about what you don't put in. That's going to make you better (laughs) than than what you do put in. And another thing that I think is also kind of created a level of success in my practice is I am a firm believer in basic biochemistry. There Mm -hmm. are a billion supplements out there, pharmaceutical drugs, herbs, homeopathy, which I am a fan of. And, um, you know, and all these like trademarked blends that cost a fortune. But I'm telling you, when your basic biochemistry is intact, when your amino acids are where they should be, where your vitamins and minerals are, and when everything else is balanced, your hormones and all of that, then you're a vital, healthy being. So I'm not anti-herb. I'm not anti-anything. I'm not even anti-pharmaceutical. But I am pro 
biochemical balance. And for some reason, even a lot of naturopaths have just bypassed the biochemistry and are, you know, are selling all these like complicated trademarked blends that really do nothing to, you know, to get your, your biochemistry intact. So how would one find out their uh, baseline biochemistry? Is that like blood work? Well, you can do blood work, but that's my gift. I'm a translator. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, you can come in and, and I, I learned long ago that um, you're, I, I am only as good as the questions I ask. Oh, yeah. So, I've learned to ask very good questions and very specific questions. And am I God? No. Have I helped a lot of people? Yes. Have I frustrated some people? Yes. <laughs> um, I find it very interesting too, because when we were t just talking, Kate, about and about the whole what you don't put in your mouth, you know, there's a lot of foods and a lot of good foods that are not good for some people, right? True. So, yeah. um, so it is an important, it's an important process to, to really understand what your body is able to, to tolerate. And I actually, I just saw, um, I think it was on Facebook, a, a new DNA kit that will test your DNA for diet, like huh. what's your heritage and and I think that's another kind of way we're going to see um, people start to heal because I do believe in our history and our DNA and our genetics as a component to what foods can and cannot help us. Interesting. Cher, but, what, what led you down this path? Was there a moment in time? Uh, I know you feel you've always had the gift, but there, was there some particular case or something that happened for you? There, there really was. And it was a... Um, and I think it's why when I began my process, my own personal practice, and I only did the spiritual and emotional because I was working with somebody who was diagnosed with some issues that are now, I think, believed to be either Asperger's or on the autism spectrum. Okay. Um, specifically, I believe it was sensory integration disorder mm -hmm. and we and this and I went on a an interesting path of what 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 happens in the body with that and had tried and had worked with a lot of practitioners and asked a lot of questions and did a lot of research and was able to help this client very much get back in his body and and then, but there was still something missing. He was very young in grade school and he truly like did not want to like live anymore. It was really crazy. It was one of those things where kind of like I talked about that first patient who was like suicidally depressed, but you know, only 20% of it was some truly spiritual, emotional issue. So what I did was I finally, you know, again, and I get guided and I'm grateful for that, you know, um, I don't have a crystal ball and I don't wear a scary robe and I don't like, you know, <laughs> pretend like I'm talking to some, you know, spirit, but I do get these amazing like imprints. And so I finally was like in the same way, wow, I can ask about, you know, his heavy metal load or his, um, his food sensitivities, but why can't I ask why this, this little boy doesn't want to live anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And what came up was that he was a twin. 
and his brother. Yeah. And his brother died in utero and he came in with a contract. I know this sounds, this word gets like, oh, this is so nutty, but I swear to God, this saved this boy's life. And so we went through this whole process where we just talked about it and he had had a con most twins come in with a contract. They come in together and sure enough, he came in and was abandoned by his twin in utero. And when he got here, he just didn't want to be here. So we had a whole healing about that Cried This little boy cried for like a half hour and we named his brother and we found peace in the, in what was and what wasn't. And that changed that kid's life. Wow. And, and so that's where, when I started my practice, I was like, I'm going, I'm going for the jugular now, right? <laughs> like these imprints and these traumas and these experiences that create beliefs and, and contracts and statements like, I don't want to be here without my brother. Exactly. And that's why when I went into practice, I I only wanted to do, like I said, the, the spiritual emotional piece. And, um, but, you know, I think, like I said, it's been an evolving practice and really there's just no denying that there, like I said, if you're manifesting anything, there is a physical component, a metabolic component, an emotional component and a spiritual component. And, when we all start to unravel all of those pieces, people are going to heal because, you know, the body has a way of aligning with our thoughts and our beliefs. Absolutely. I feel like with you share one of the lessons that I had to get over and over again, that you kindly kept gently sharing with me was that we keep getting the same lessons until we get it. So for me, it was that I worked too much and all the time. And you would just gently say, Kate, you are not on the planet to just be a workhorse. And that was a powerful lesson for me. And it's something that I still work on. But the other thing that you said to me once about my daughter when she was little, and you just like I'm 38 or sorry, 48. And when I chatted with you, sorry, I was 36 or 37 and my daughter was little and you had such compassion for me as a mother of a young child. And you said to me once, and I'm going to booger up how you said it, because you said it so eloquently, but something to the effect of, and I think this goes with the notion of the spiritual peace and the emotional peace and the affirmations, which you talked a lot about to me early on, you talk to me about really seeing my daughter as a whole person. Mm. And it was something about the way you said it. I will never forget it. I can't find your words, but yeah. it changed how I mothered. Huh. And it was so beautiful. Like, I'm so grateful for that, Cher. It was big. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's, I don't know if it, like, I'm so grateful for my gift, but it's amazing how a lot of times like I'll say something and it comes through me and it's gone. Like <laughs> somebody will say, could you repeat that? And I'm like, no, I don't think I can. I don't think that I can. So. Um, Cheryl, this has been so great to chat with you. Lorraine and I have been playing around with this idea of 
something we're listening to, something we love and something that we're learning. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's anything right now in particular that you've been listening to, could be a podcast, could be music, could be the birds outside. You're in Atlanta. You've got more birds right now than we do. And something you love, it could be a new hand soap. It could be a new, I don't know, it could be a new winter coat. And then something that you're currently learning or studying. Wow. Well, I'm always, I'm always learning and studying. I, um, I've been, wow, that's a great question. That's a great (laughs) question. You know, I'm emerging out of, um, the last four years have been rough for me. And, and I think I've been kind of struggling with that, the archetype of the wounded healer, you know, Mm. and, so one of the things I've learned, I've been learning and working with in my own personal journey is transforming the wounded healer, which is certainly an archetype into the, um, that's Young's work, by the way, mm-hmm. um, into the truly beloved alchemist, like really, ah, trying cool. to own, really trying to own my gift with pride. You know, I'm sure there's people out there who would think, well, she's nuts. And, you know. <laughs> Maybe I am, but all I know is like, in order for me to really understand my place and my belonging in the world, I have to own my experience no matter what it is or no matter what somebody else is going to think of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, like I, 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 I'm 60, I'm 61. I'm an empty nester. I'm planning on a big journey out of Atlanta to the beach somewhere. And it's been a very slow process. And so I've, again, I've just, I think what I'm learning and experiencing and reading and understanding now is really quite like personal for my own journey. Whereas I continue to keep learning and studying so that I can help people because I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. And I think that's helped me in my journey because I don't have to pretend like I do know it all. And mm-hmm. I have to, you know, just embrace the fact that there's such a mystery out there. And, and I think these last four years that have been rough for a lot of different reasons, I forgot the alchemy. I forgot the magic. I forgot the mystery and all the things that make me feel alive, not just in my practice, but in my own life and in the world itself. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and uh so that so could you say and i i don't want to put words in your mouth so you're you're that is not only something you're learning and studying and thinking about as you continue to work on your actual professional work you're working on towards coming towards that beloved alchemist if you will but you're listening to your heart sounds like yes and that's a you know, and so that's a journey for all of us. I don't care who you are, what you know, what you're capable of, what your, you know, what your gifts are, you know, we can't forget there. And there I am in my humanity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. something you love right now, share something, just anything that you love. My cat. <laughs> mm, yes, sushi. Sushi. Yes. I love my cat. And I, you know, and I really, you know, I love, I love that finally at age 61, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty beautiful. That's yeah. pretty beautiful. Well, I can't tell you uh, how much it's it meant to me to jump on with you when 
I thought about doing a podcast, you have always been in my like top three guests. Aww. So yeah, you really have. You just, uh, I just think that you're magical. And uh, I think that I always feel hopeful and grounded after speaking with you. And I, I offer that as two incredibly high compliments. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, that, that means a lot. And you know, I'm, I'm starting to work on a blog now. It's like in the infant stages. We're calling it the modern prophet. I have someone helping with me because I'm not really technically oriented. So <laughs> it's, I just, I, like I said, I think maybe that's the beauty of finally getting comfortable in my own skin is really just surrendering to, you know, my sense of belonging in the world. And, and even if I could just help one person, you know, then I've done my work here. That's beautiful. And perhaps, perhaps there's a book in your third act. I hope so. I definitely hope so. I mean, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll read that one. Yeah, the historical documents. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. And we will connect soon. Excellent. Thank you guys. So nice to talk. I so it was really a beautiful experience. Thank you. Blessings to all. Uh Bye bye. Bye. So that was Cher Bartlett, a woman who changed the trajectory of my life many years ago. Lorraine, what'd you think? Well, I think that I just listened with my mouth wide open. I, it was fascinating. I think the point of this particular interview, podcast sharing, if you will, is maybe to keep an open mind about your health because you never know where you might find some inspiration who can help you change the trajectory of your life perhaps save your life you just never know so always stay curious i would say what do you think lorraine yeah i think that is definitely what the point is Thanks for listening, people, and we will put some more information about Cher and the services she offers on our podcast notes. We'll see you again soon for The Point Is with Kate Lynch and Lorraine Partington. Take care.